Hey winner, welcome to Red Hot Mindset. I am so glad you're here with me today. We have so many things to be thankful for, don't we? Thanksgiving brings about a time of reflection for many. Every day I write down three gratitudes to help me see the blessings in my life no matter what my life circumstances are at the time. But at Thanksgiving, I think I am even more intentional about finding things to be grateful for. This year has been a year, and that's for sure. <laughs> but we can still be grateful for so many things. Maybe you're grateful for your health, or you're grateful for more family time, or you're grateful that you were able to slow down for a time. Maybe you're more grateful for the work that you have than you were ever before. We can turn these crazy times into blessing times if we choose to see the good that can come out of it. Today's guest exudes gratitude even for the hard challenges she faced because they have made her stronger and helped her to encourage others through them. Jennifer Wynott is a wife, mother, therapist, artist, and a runner. She lives in Maine with her husband, her two children, and a puppy. She has been a runner for 21 years but became more serious about it over the past 10. Running has become a place of solace, peace, meaning, motivation, coping, and a sense of accomplishment in her very busy life. From an eating disorder, to caring for her special needs son, to redefining her faith, Jennifer has lived through much heartache, turned into breakthrough and victory. She now thrives in the face of adversity and struggles that she's faced over her life, and she seeks to encourage others to do the same through theirs. By the end of this episode, you will know that you are not alone in your struggles, and there is hope if you hang in there and persevere through them. Are you ready to chat? I can't wait to introduce her to you today. Welcome to Red Hot Mindset. I'm your host, Gabe Cox, and through this podcast, I'm on a mission to help you step into the fire of refinement so you can realize your full potential. I do this by helping you overcome your mental barriers through a faith-based approach of building inner strength and resilience. Each episode, I will bring you thought process, productivity tips, and inspirational stories from everyday people, all so you can move confidently toward your goals. As a running enthusiast, I believe that life is one massive marathon, and it's up to you to run your own race and to finish it well. Step into the fire with me because I know you will come out stronger. Well, welcome, Jennifer. I'm so glad to have you on the podcast today. Thank you for, for having me. It's, a, it's an honor um, to be able to uh, speak with you today. I'm looking yeah. forward to it. Absolutely. I'm super excited to share your story. Um, I just think that listeners everywhere are going to resonate with it. They are going to get a lot out of it. And just to hear your struggle victories that you've had throughout uh, your lifetime of running, but even just your lifetime in general, um, I think it's going to be a really, really great talk today. Uh, but before we get started, I'd love for you just to introduce yourself a little bit, share about a little bit about who you are and your family. Okay, excellent. Um, well, I'm 37 years old. Um, I, I am a born and raised Mainer. Um, and I live um, in southern Maine with my husband and two children, Elijah and Grace. And um, I, I, I work with um, mental health population, substance abuse population. Um, typically, um, I, I work as a case manager, but in the past, I've worked as a recreation therapist. Um, so I have had a wide variety of experience helping others. Um, and uh, see the value of me helping myself um, throughout life. And um, so um, my faith has always been a really important part of my, my life. Um, I'm active in the church ministry um, with the worship team. I am at Bongo Player. Um, in my free time, I love and enjoy um, my running. Um, but also I um, do art, um, and again, a lot of that is for, for therapeutic reasons, um, and I think that's about it. We, we live um, in a, on a farm-type land. Um, we have a greenhouse. We have chickens. We have all of those things. We try to be as self-sufficient as possible. That's so cool, and I've, I've always wanted to visit Maine. Never been there yet, but what season would be the best time to visit? Just um, I, to be honest with you, I think late summer, mm. early fall, just because of the foliage. The foliage is 
there's there's nothing else that can um, quite express how beautiful it is, and and to know that like all of it is so unique to that particular season. There's never one season that is that is the same. Um, so I, I would say the foliage time um, late summer because you can actually enjoy it without the humidity. Um, we're actually just starting to get into that now where it's actually nice at night and you're not feeling miserable. Um, that's the downside of the, 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 the state during the summer is that the humidity gets so high that it's hard to enjoy um, what's around us. So. Yeah, yeah. No, that's good to know. Because I'm native Minnesotan. We just moved to Colorado recently. And same thing. It's like the summer is the time where we want to enjoy it, but it's just so humid. And so fall's always been my favorite there too. But I can imagine Maine just being so beautiful in the fall. It's gorgeous. I, I love Maine. Um, the ocean's right there. The hiking and the mountains are right there. Um, there's so much to do. I know a lot of people think, oh, there isn't a lot to do in Maine. No, there's tons of stuff to do if you're, if you're an outdoor person, um, which is one of the reasons why our family really loves it here, um, amongst many reasons. But. Yeah, that's so cool. We will have to visit because that is, you get the best of both worlds. You get the ocean and you get the mountains. And mm -hmm. I'm, I'm a sucker for mountains and hiking. So, <laughs> but I do like to see the water. Yeah. So very cool. Well, let's talk, let's get into your running story a little bit. Uh, share with us a little bit about how you started running. When did you start running? Um, maybe share a little bit about why you decided to, to take it up. Excellent. So I was actually uh, born and raised in Northern Maine. Um, it's a farming country um, and they, they're typically known for their potato, potato picking um, and all of that. So I, I was raised in, in that atmosphere. Um, and I was always a very shy and quiet person um, and kept to myself, didn't really have a lot of friends, um, a lot of anxiety. Um, and um, during my teenage years, I had uh, a lot of struggles um, with depression and anxiety um, and and just not feeling connected to anybody in particular. Um, I found myself um, over time finding my identity in um, an eating disorder. Um, and the way that started was very, very simple, cutting things out of my diet, um, counting calories, um, and it escalated um, to a point where I needed to have uh, residential treatment for, um, for that, and also I needed to gain weight back. Um, so I went through the process of refeeding and um, getting on a, a nutritionist plan. Um, and I was able to be stabilized and I returned home um, to, to, to my, my environment. Um, and that's one of the biggest challenges in, in coming away from a treatment is, is that you go back to a situation that kind of was fostering that eating disorder. And I got to a place where I was pretty stable. So the doctor said, you know, you, you can start in, including exercise back into your routine. And prior to that, my exercise only really consisted of walking and, and sit-ups and crunches and all of those things. Um, because my eating disorder primarily consisted of restricting, um, I, I hadn't really explored that very much. Um, and the doctor said, well, why don't you try running? And I said, well, I've never tried that before. Um, maybe, maybe I'll give it a shot. Um, so I, I decided to, my school did not have a track team because we are so small. Um, and, um, so I just decided to do it for a hobby. I was about 16 years old when I started 16, 17, and I loved it. And I just, I kind of maintained a couple miles a day for a long period of time. Um, and it just, it gave me the boost that I needed within my mood, within my anxiety. Um, I still struggled with, with those things, but it gave me enough um, of a boost in order to feel better about myself. Um, so I, I actually maintained on that for a long period of time. I actually only became more serious about running over the last probably 10 years of my life. Um, is, is, is when that really started taking shape and, and that's where my dreams started. I wouldn't necessarily say that my dreams started 
when I was younger, it started a, a little bit further down the road. Okay. So it was more for maintenance and just to give you something to do, a hobby to kind of distract you in a way. Um, what is it about running that you think helped you in um, overcoming your eating disorder and, and helping keep your anxiety and depression at bay? Was there something specific about running that, that helped you in that? Most definitely. Um, as I mentioned before, with, within my uh, eating disorder, I took, began to take on the identity of being a weak person. Um, and in my mind, that gave me a sense of purpose, that gave me a focus, um, that gave me um, a, a sense of self, even though it wasn't necessarily a healthy sense of self. Um, I was able to finally feel like I was good at something, so to speak. Um, and that, that was clearly unhealthy for me um, as it started breaking, breaking my body down, um, breaking my relationships down, um, making it actually harder for people to connect with me. So one of the biggest desires I had was to have friends because I, I, I had been bullied um, in school and um, my religious beliefs um, and I, I didn't have any friends and so I had kind of accepted that and said okay my eating disorder is my friend um, when in reality it wasn't um, and so when I started running I think that was a really pivotal point in my journey because it gave me this concept initially that I can be good at something that is healthy for me. Mm -hmm. I can, I'm able to do something and be good at it and for it to be healthy for me. And so it, it started kind of that, it, it's kind of like it was born in my, in, in my subconscious, so to speak, that that, that can happen. Um, and over time, I think that, that, um, grip. Um, and I was able to see how I could be a strong person um, through my running. Um, yeah, that's powerful. What an impact that um, just a sport in general can have on you or a hobby or something that can help you to find a new identity and to see that you can be strong and to see yourself in a different light. Because I do, I think, um, you know, many women struggle with either body image or some type of eating disorder in our lives or depression or anxiety and these things. And they kind of are a captor of us and they take control or we think that we have the control, but we really don't. And I think it's really powerful to find that thing or things that can help um, pull us out of that and to show us that there is a better way. Because I know I have struggled in the past with those types of things and it is, and it, it really can spiral us down real quickly. And I think even a part of that is um, when I dealt with it, I was thinking, why, why am I dealing with these things? Because I have such a faith. Because um, if, you know, if I really, if my faith were really true, God wouldn't put me through this or I wouldn't, um, did you struggle with that at all with your faith? Like thinking, well, I should, shouldn't be this way because I, I should have a faith that could keep me out of it. Yes, most definitely. There was a lot of guilt that came along with it. And it was, it was a kind of tug of war battle in, in my mind because my faith was so strong. Mm -hmm. um, and it, it, but, but the eating disorder was so strong too. So it was, it was literally like there was that battle going on. So, so there was a, a lot of guilt that came along with um, the fact that, hey, I'm struggling with this and I'm, I'm, there, there's a big part of me that doesn't want to fight it. Um, but then my faith says I, I need to. Um, so, so I definitely um, challenged that aspect. Um, I also noticed that um, when my faith was weaker, that's when I tended to struggle the most mm. uh, with some of those thoughts. And the reality is that um, dealing with an eating disorder, you're never recovered. You're never over it. Um, so one of the things that I've noticed even simultaneously with my running journey is 
I, I notice that there will be moments when I do struggle with it um, more so than not. Um, even in the different seasons of running when I'm training, I have to be really mindful of am I feeding myself appropriately because it could be very easy to slip back into that, that kind of mindset. Um, or if I have a lot of stress going on, um, sometimes I seek to control that through um, my eating. But I, I know that I now have a lot more resources um, that I can reach out to to regain a sense of control in my life um, through my running, um, through being healthy, through um, my art, through my faith in God, um, through my family. Um, so I, I, I've gained a toolbox now, and, and running was a big piece of me starting that um, that toolbox, so to speak. It was kind of the foundation. So. Yeah, that's important because I do think, you know, sometimes we think, oh, I've recovered, and there's no looking back. I never have to go back to that spot, but there are times in our lives that whatever our struggle was, sometimes it's going to come back in different ways and we have to learn how to fight it off. So that's when having those tools and learning those tools is important because then you can pull them out of that toolbox and say, no, I've overcome it before. I'm not going to let it, it dictate my life again. So I think that's really an important piece to know that, um, you know, cause some people, sometimes we feel guilty. Like, why is it coming up again? Why is it, why am I struggling with this? This doesn't look like anyone else ever struggles with those things, right? The comparison of they got over it and they're fine, but remembering that it's okay if it, it comes up it's okay we now know how to deal with it yes, um, exactly. and, and and so it, it was it was interesting one of the things as I was sitting down and and reviewing some of the things that have been important in my journey one of the things that came up to me as the strongest um, point in time within my running um, that that kind of helped shift my mindset was the concept that I could be a strong person um, and that I wanted, in fact, I wanted to be a strong person instead of a weak, instead of a weak person. Um, and running has allowed me to desire that, if that makes any sense, because within my eating disorder, I, I valued a real thin, I valued that kind of gaunt, um, skeleton-like, appearance in myself and that's what I wanted when I looked in the mirror and within running that that shifted that changed because I noticed how being I couldn't be that person and be good at running mm. uh, and do the things that I love and enjoy and so it really challenged me to say you know I, I need to make some changes that are going to allow me to be a strong person within my running because that that's my new goal now it isn't to be x number pounds it's to it's to run a race and feel good and feel strong have muscles um that that became a moment of shifting for me and i can't say i know exactly when that happened but it it was something that really um developed i think over time um, as I began to experience more races and, and really kind of step out in, uh, in faith, so to speak, and, and do some of the things that kind of made me scared, um, like running a 5K or running a 10K. Um, so. That's cool. I think it's so cool that, um, you know, because a lot of people probably wouldn't put faith and running together, but I think it's so cool how God can use our running and use it for to empower us in other parts of our life, you know, because it makes you stronger and he can use it to show you that you're capable of things that you couldn't imagine. And it could, it helps you to see what, how he can use you, you know, and who knew that you, he could use you through running, right. To empower others. And I think that's just such a cool, cool thing that, um, that faith and running can really, really connect. And yeah. yeah. And in fact, um, it's interesting how, how along those lines, um, when I initially started to run um, marathons, I, I just did it kind of on a whim. Um, I ran the main marathon, and I was at a point in my life when I had just had my son. Um, he um, was born two months premature, um, so we had spent a lot of time in the hospital. Um, and that was emotionally exhausting. And I had kind of slipped back into some of my eating disorder habits. And um, I 
came up with this idea that, hey, I'm going to run a marathon. And it, uh, it happened. And I felt good. Um, there was a few hiccups. I got lost. <laughs> um, which was How did you get lost? Let's talk about that for a second before you go on. So there, there was relayers. It was, there were people that um, were relayers and they went down a different um, pathway and I got mixed up with that group. Oh, too and funny. So I ran five miles off course. Oh my gosh. So did you end up running 31 miles then? No, I did not. I ended up getting on the shuttle, but I ended up having to wait. So my legs killed. And when I got back out on the course, I felt like there were, there were like boulders in my calves. Um, it was, it, the lactic acid was already starting to kind of be released. And so I, it was too late though. And I just said, okay, I just got to bust through this. Just um, <laughs> but, but when I finished, I, I, it gave me a sense of, wow, I cannot believe I just did that. Mm-hmm. I, I, I cannot believe it. And to think that I was strong enough to do something, I never would have believed that five years ago, 10 years ago, um, to imagine that I would have that strength. And I didn't really even truly train well. Um, I I was still kind of stuck in my eating disorder patterns at that point. And so my mind began to kind of roll and, and say, what would happen if I trained right and I did things the right way? What could I accomplish? Because I accomplished that, um, when I was struggling, if I really dedicated myself to, to a training program, what could I do? Um, and so I contacted a trainer, um, got set up with a plan that was harder than heck because it really challenged my eating disorder patterns that I had developed in my life. And it required me to step out of my comfort zone and a lot of sacrifices. I remember the first day that I was on that plan I came home from work and I just started crying in my, in my kitchen and saying, I don't know if I can do this. Um, and my husband looked at me in the eye and he said, well, why are you doing this? And I said, I want to go to Boston. Mm. I want to be able to say that I ran Boston one, one day. And he said, well, this is why you're doing this. And I said, you're right. And from that day forward, I, I didn't have the struggle that I had that day. Um, yes, it struggles came up, but but it wasn't like it was because my focus was on something different. It wasn't on a certain number. It wasn't on um, my eating disorder. It was on a goal that I had and, and a passion, and I knew it. I knew it was mine. One of my favorite quotes is, um, "Believe in your dreams. They've been given to you for a reason." Um, and the key part of that was that it's been given to you for a reason, mm-hmm. not somebody else, not the person beside you, which is what the eating disorder was all about. It was about comparing. It was about saying, oh, I'm thinner than her. She's thinner than me or, or whatnot. Um, but this journey for me and my running wasn't to beat somebody else's time. It was to really be able to see that I could accomplish a goal and a dream that I had. Um, and, and throughout that, that journey of training, um, one of the biggest things that I, I realized throughout that training season that I was in is, is that a lot of the work happens, happens before you run the marathon. You can't wake up and run a marathon. You have to do the work the weeks before, um, and, one of my one of my favorite um, thoughts and quotes is the day that you plant the seed is not the day you eat the fruit. Um, right. And I had to remind myself of that several times throughout that journey of okay, I'm planting seeds, I'm planting seeds, and I'm building on those seeds. And I could see the strength that I was gaining as a result of that. Yeah. Now I didn't I didn't qualify in Boston right away. Um, I that that second race I I tried. And, and then I didn't get there. And I was like, what the heck? Like, I just, I did it right. And it, I, don't, I don't understand. But that fed my motivation to continue to push on um, and, and say, you know what? This is my first time trying, really. So 
So, so it's going to take some time, but that's okay because I'm, I'm willing to put in the effort because it means so much to me. Man, you said so much there. I mean, starting with the fact that you ended up with a why, like you knew exactly what it was that you wanted to accomplish. And the reason was because that desire was put in your heart, but knowing that helped you put in that work and, um, and just, and knowing also that it is, it takes the time of growing and watering and changing and getting to the point where you can harvest what it is that you're growing. And I think, I mean, all that stuff is so powerful. Um, because now the idea of qualifying for Boston came ap- right after your first marathon, right? So what was it about the qualifying um, that really stirred in you? Because you ran a marathon, you're like, I would just want to run a marathon. And then after that, you get this passion. So what was it about it that really drew you in? I think for me, um, Boston has always been the kind of iconic um, marathon that everybody always asks about, it seems like, um, is how oh, have, have you run Boston? And, and, um, and the reality is, is I haven't. And, um, but it's something that I would like to experience um, just because it's, it's kind of one of those bucket list items. I don't know necessarily where it came from, but in my mind, it was kind of the top strongest, strongest people, strongest runners. Um, to qualify. I could have raised money for a charity, but for me, it was important um, for me to and to be, that's, I think a lot of that is kind of centered in that. And then also just with my personal experience and my journey, um, it meant a lot to me to be able to, to kind of challenge some of those um, past patterns that I've had and, and really, really pursue something that was, um, was helping. Yeah. Yeah. So your second marathon was your first attempt at a BQ and you didn't hit it. And at first was frustrated. You were frustrated, of course. Um, so now did you, did you stay with this trainer um, and kind of what, what did you learn in that second marathon that you brought to the third and fourth and so on? So I, I hit some obstacles after my second marathon. Um, I um, began experiencing a number of different health situations. Um, I came down with the hypothyroidism, which mm-hmm. I was not prepared for, um, and uh, eventually discovered that I had microscopic colitis as well. So I tried to keep with the same plan, but I was finding myself struggling um, with keeping up with it. And so, excuse me, I, I stayed with her for a period of time um, and tried to do the best I could. I attempted a third marathon. And what I learned from that experience is if I don't think I'm ready for something, probably not. Um, I was dealing with microscopic colitis at that point in time, and I attempted to run um, a marathon and ended up in the ER, um, um, did not not finish, um, and um, that really, I took a blow. Um, It it really, it really discouraged me, Um, and so I said, well, maybe I need to take a break for a while, Uh, maybe, maybe I just need to kind of relax a little bit and so one of the things that I learned from the third marathon was that that I have to listen to my body Um, as much as running is about pushing through and kind of ignoring the body at certain points um, it taught me that I do have points that I need to step back and, and listen to it and then also it kind of helped me formulate this concept that accomplishment doesn't mean that I accomplish the goal today or tomorrow. Um, I accomplished 13, 19 miles. I ran 19 miles in that race um, when I was struggling with stomach cramps and dehydration and all of those things. So I, I still accomplished those 19 miles. And so um, I, I had to kind of really challenge my thinking around that. Um, 
within the fourth and fifth marathons, um, I, I um, just kind of did it. A lot of that was around this camaraderie. Um, I had started to find some people that were also runners as well. And, and I enjoyed um, running marathons with other people. Um, and I, I started um, at my gym. I, everybody knew me as the crazy runner. Um, and I started making friendships um, with people, um, older people, young people, people that um, you know, have various different walks of life. Um, I just started striking up conversations. I started cheering people on for, for their goals because I wanted people to experience what I was feeling in achieving my goals. And um, over time, I feel like I, I knew everybody in the gym. Um, and I, I had people saying left and right, you know, you really inspire me. Um, I didn't feel like coming today. I didn't feel like doing it, um, but I've done it. Um, I ran some races with some people that um, really struggle to run, but they they do it um, because it's important to them in a lesser scale. And so I started running some smaller races with them. And I really developed some really cool, cool friendships. And those friendships actually, um, whenever I do a race, they'll um, message me the night before, are you ready champ? Um, and they'll cheer me on. Um, as, as I do for them, um, vice versa. So it's, it's interesting how, what can be a competitive world for a runner is actually, it can be, it can be a place of family and belonging as well. So, um, that's been kind of a neat, a neat process too. I'm always, always looking for ways to, to cheer people on. And, and one of the biggest pieces of, even my pursuit of the marathon and qualifying for Boston um, was recognizing that I just can't quit. Um, and I don't know who I'm inspiring by just not quitting. It doesn't mean that I have to be doing awesome, but if I just don't quit, I'm inspiring somebody. And I, I realized that um, over the you know, fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth marathon that, that I can be an inspiration even where I'm at today. Uh, and that, that meant a lot to me. Um, yeah, absolutely. As an excuse remover, really, because you could have had different excuses at different times for health reasons and for, you know, still working on overcoming the disorder and all these things and having a, a child who needed your attention a little bit more. All these could have been excuses to say, eh, maybe it's not worth it. And nobody would have said anything. They would have, they would have supported you. Right. And, but you keeping going and just not quitting is an excuse remover for so many people because they can't just uh, go and say, eh, I, I just don't think I'm going to do it. They look at you and say, if she can do it, I need to do it, you know? And I think that's so cool. That's an inspiration itself. And obviously probably an inspiration for your kids, because I think it's so important for us to set the example for our kids. And one of the best examples is to have something, even if it's a small goal, but have something that we're not willing to quit on because then they don't have the excuse to quit either, you know? And so I want to hear a little bit about your attempts. So when was it that you finally hit your BQ and what do you think made the difference in those last couple marathons? So there was a few years where I made attempts and I just, there was things that came up and just things didn't work out or I got really close or it was that there was a nor'easter going on and the marathon was on the coast. So, so, um, it was literally torrential downpour the whole time, um, waves crashing over, um, running over your feet. It, it was it was just not a race that um, I was going to do a BQ on, um, and they and they miscalculated the route, and so I did 26 or sorry, 27.1 um, <laughs> half mile over. So there was that too. Um, so there was a lot of hiccups along the way, um, and I kind of got used to the hiccups, but. The, the, the last two marathons that I did, um, the Cheap Marathon and the Green River Marathon, um, within that period of time, I 
um, had kind of found myself kind of distancing from my faith. And my faith has always been a really important piece of my running because running allows me to connect with God. It allows me to connect with things that give my life meaning and purpose, nature even around me as I'm running. And so I had, I had kind of distanced myself from my faith, um, given the fact that there was a lot of stress going on in my life. Um, my son had um, uh, previously been diagnosed with autism, and um, I was dealing with a lot of his behaviors that were extremely challenging. Um, I found myself kind of vulnerable, um, not really necessarily knowing what to do or how to, how to deal with it. Um, and so I, I, I still was running, but I just wasn't feeling the same connection. Um, but I still signed up for races just because I know that they were important to me and I just wanted to continue to go. Um, and the, the um, period of time that I did, uh, well, I did the cheap marathon and I qualified and I couldn't believe it. Um, but it was a, a short little tiny window. And I said, oh, that isn't really going to get me, that might not get me in, into Boston. So I was excited, but I was, I, there was a part of me that was, was still like, I, I don't think this is going to be enough. Um, and so I signed up for the green, New England Green River Marathon. And out of all my races that I've done, and I've done 10, it was by far the, the most favorite um, marathon that I've ever run. And it's not just because I got my BQ. It was just because of the, the, the weather was perfect. Um, the, the scenery was absolutely gorgeous. Um, and the spiritual connection that I had um, within several moments uh, of that marathon was surreal. Um, I remember even um, running and, and being brought to tears um, because I was listening to a song um, the song that came on my queue, I usually put it on shuffle just because I, I've made lists, but I, I like to have it be spontaneous. Mm -hmm. And um, on, on my music list, the song um, by Toby Mac, um, Get Back Up. Um, you lose your way, you get back up again. It's never too late to get back up again. Um, and one day you're going to shine again. And maybe not now, but um, and, and so on. Um, and the reason why that um, had meant so much to me is because I had felt like I had lost my way. Um, and literally, not literally, but figuratively, um, I had just recently returned to church and um, finding myself in a situation where I needed some guidance and support from God. Um, and it was like, I felt God speaking to me and saying, you know, you lost your way, but you get back up again. And that's been my journey. That's been my Boston journey that I lose my way, I get back up. I lose my way, I get back up. Fall down seven times, get up eight. Um, and I, that, that became, that, that actually happened early on in the marathon. And then it was followed uh, further, further on in um, the marathon by you are more than the choices that you make. You are more um, than, I'm trying to think of the lyrics now, um, the problems you create, you've been remade. Um, so it was, it was all kind of fitting into um, kind of this message that I was hearing that, that God has me in his hand. He knows my heart. He knows um, what's important to me. In fact, he helped create it. He helped create that dream. Um, he was not just going to create that dream and not fulfill it. Um, that he was he was going to fulfill it. And um, it reminded me of uh, a, a scripture: "When I pass through the waters, I will be with you. I called you by name; you are mine." Um, and I remembered that along the way in in the marathon. And it was like I heard this resonating: "You are mine." And and it it was it was like. He was saying, look at all this beauty around me. I've created that. If I can create that, then what can I do for you if you allow me to? And 
within that marathon, there was a, kind of a release and a, a, and a let go that um, I had never experienced before. Um, the strength that I gained from that, um, I just, I can't put it into words. It was a physical strength that I felt, but it was also a spiritual and an emotional strength that I believe, I believe allowed me to qualify strongly for Boston um, and to achieve that. And um, I'll never forget the experience. Um, I was crying <laughs> um, just to, to be able to recognize that, hey, this girl, this 16 year old girl that you know was, was all about eating disorder and real thin and weak and fragile and, and didn't talk and didn't, didn't connect with anybody else, this person could become somebody that encouraged others that achieved her dreams that wouldn't quit. Um, and so it, it, it was more than just reaching the BQ, I think. It was, it was being able to recognize everything that came with it. Yeah. Well, it, it's seeing your story kind of unfold and seeing the message that you have that God gave you. And I, I just had chills as you were talking about your marathon experience. I'm like, duh, this is why it's your favorite because so much emotion and so much passion came into this marathon. And I think it's really neat because it's kind of that thing where I've had experiences like that too, where it's like, I give up control and I, I have no idea how it's going to get done. I have no idea, but I will fully surrender. And it's almost like God is waiting for us to do that because he wants us to, the dreams that he gives us, he don't, he doesn't give them up to us for no reason, but he wants to, he wants to use us in our weakness so that his glory can be revealed. Right. And so it's like when we pretty much admit we can't do it on our own and we need him, that's when he comes in and he, he does it. So then we can't really take the credit for it. We get to give him the glory. And I think that's, what's really special about this marathon, the yeah. 10th marathon and um, man. And cause it was, I mean, so your ninth marathon was just, it was a very close BQ, but then your 10th was quite a bit faster, wasn't it? Yeah, it was about seven minutes. Seven yeah. And a half minutes. yeah. Which is a huge buffer and yeah. something that you actually need for the Boston Marathon to actually get to go run. Yeah. Um, I'm hoping 2020 or 2021 um, that it will be enough, um, just given the fact that um, the the field or window of time is going to be a little bit larger. So that's my, my hope. Um, um, but we'll see, we'll get there when it, when it comes. Yeah, you will. And honestly, I, I think 2021 will be your year. I think a seven minute buffer is a really good buffer because yeah. even if, I mean, obviously they're going to probably limit the size. Who knows? We can all speculate what's going to happen. We have no idea until they actually do it. Yeah. But, yeah. you know, even if they limit the size, I still think within a five minute, I think a five minute buffer is probably good. <laughs> I could say that's probably safe, but I don't know. I mean, we, we have no idea, right? Soon enough, we will know um, because that will come within the month. We'll, we'll kind of find out what's going to happen and what they're planning for 2021. But I'm with you. I'm, I'm hopeful for 2021. Um, I feel like it is a victory run for so many people. And that's kind of been my theme is victory run. Because for me, 2020 was supposed to be my victory run too, um, as I overcame like a broken ankle and um, still recovering and things like that. So that's kind of why it was special for me. But when it comes to being a victory run for you, what is it that you think makes it super special? Like you qualified and it probably, your dream probably changed throughout that process of those years. And it probably changed to be more special now that you have qualified. So why would 2020 have been your victory run? It would have been my victory run because it, it showed me that that persistence pays off, that, um, that my determination um, outlasted my disappointment. Um, and um, one of another, I'm a quote person, as, as you can see, um, <laughs> And one of my favorite quotes is that disappointment is is not a, is not um, 
this appointment is not a, a place of residence, it's a place you pass through. Um, and the fact that I was able to, to kind of move through that discouragement and disappointment and, and struggles um, and still be able to accomplish something um, that, that is really why it was a victory run. There was also so much that I, over those, over those 10 marathons that I, I learned and um, there was so much that changed in me. Um, and I was not the same person that I um, was when I ran the main marathon, the first for my first marathon. Um, and I had, I had become victorious, not only um, over my eating disorder, but I had also, um, I had overcome a lot of other struggles, um, even the concept of you know, having a special needs child um, that created a lot of fear in me. And so I had gained some victory over that too. So um, um, I think that there was there would be several reasons why it um, would have been a, a, a victory run, so to speak, um, for me. Um, and when I think of victory run, I think of victory lap. Um, and a victory lap is when you're going going around um, that last lap with a flag waving and saying, you know, these are the things that I've overcome within my journey, and and it's all represented in this because this was my ultimate goal to to run Boston. Um, so, yeah, yeah, that's so cool. This episode is brought to you by my book, Mind Over Marathon: Overcoming Mental Barriers in the Race of Life. If you feel like you just need a mindset shift because you are going after a goal and need some direction and encouragement, this book is for you. It will help you to ignite a passion and purpose in your life, clarify your unique game plan, and build confidence in who you are. At the end of each chapter are a quick faith devotional, thought-provoking questions, and a practical application that you can implement immediately. This book is about discovering a dream and taking it from inception to a flourishing finish. Running is optional. You can snag two free chapters at www.redhotmindset.com slash mindovermarathon. Dream huge and remember, you are a winner, just run your race. Well, and I think a lot of times we are looking for that mountaintop experience. We're looking to that end goal and we forget how much of it is actually the journey. And then when we get to that mountaintop and we look back, we realize, whoa, we are a totally different person. And mm -hmm. that's the whole point. It's all about refining and changing and growing. And um, I think that's why goals are special because in order to get to that mountaintop, you have to be willing to go through the process. You have to be willing to step into the fire, to get out of your comfort zone, to do all these things. And if you're not willing to do that, you're not going to get there. Um, but your and your life isn't really going to change. And so I think that's really special and you are going to get that victory run. Now, if 2021 happens and you're at 2021, I'm, it might be a different reason that it's a victory run. I know you have some different struggles that you're overcoming right now. Um, can you share a little bit about your experience just since you qualified to where you're at right now? Most definitely. Um, so I was supposed to run uh, in Boston 2020, and then it got rescheduled to September. And so I said, okay, that's fine. I had had an injury, which is common. Um, and I was just kind of maintaining going along. Um, COVID happened and all of that. Um, and the um, end of June, I, I woke up um, with some symptoms. Um, uh, right-sided weakness, um, facial drooping on one side, um, and couldn't speak. Um, so I immediately went to my husband, and ultimately um, what was going on was a stroke. And one would ask the question, you're 37 years old, you're a marathon runner, you're healthy, you eat clean, you have a clean lifestyle, your, your levels are all normal, um, no history of um, uh, young adult stroke in my family. Why is this happening? Um, so as a result of this, um, I found that I had a minor stroke um, that landed me in the hospital. Um, and 
I had to go through a ton of rehabilitation to, to, to get back um, to where I could speak again and, and walk again and do things for myself. Um, but they, they asked the question, why is this happening? And throughout the test, they found that um, there's something called a PFO in, in everybody's heart, uh, Peyton Horman O'Valley, that is open, it's a hole. Um, it's open as a baby when you're in your mother's womb. And it's open because the mother provides um, certain nutrients and oxygen and blood. Um, and it's so it's, it needs to be open. But when we um, are born, it closes um, and for 75% for of the population, um, it closes. But for 25% of the population, it doesn't. And I was one of those 25%. Um, and I didn't know it. I had no idea. I ran, I ran 10 marathons with a hole in my heart and had no clue. Um, but this is how the stroke happened. A clot had formed in another part of my body. And because I had that hole in my heart, it transported that clot up to my brain, which was why I had the stroke. Um, so that kind of gives some um, understanding to why I had the stroke because I'm otherwise very, very healthy. Now I'm in the process. I fully, fully, well, mostly recovered from, from the stroke um, and am now looking at heart surgery, um, which should be happening over the next month, which um, I found out that I was unable to participate in the virtual Boston Marathon because of it. But this is one of those moments where um, I have to step back and say, you know, I'm, I'm really thankful that I'm alive. I could not be alive right now. Um, and it's also given me a sense of gratitude for the things that I have around me and just appreciating the fact that I, I, I can be with my family. I can um, be home and help with the gardening. We're doing a lot of canning right now. Um, it, this is giving me some time to be able to, to focus on that. Um, a lot of my stroke recovery has been um, through um, uh, worked on through my painting with my um, just my acrylic paints that I that I have, um, and so I I it's been giving me an opportunity to um, just really focus on just what I have. Um, there's a lot of changes going on. I even have a nice handy dandy heart monitor right now. Um, and it's all, it's all new for me. Um, never would have expected this to happen, but I know that God's got me in his hands. Um, and I know that I'm going to get back to my running. Um, I'm able to walk right now, which allows me, um, to get some sort of exercise, but I want to get back to running. I, I have to say, um, as soon as I can, um, I would like to do that. Um, just for right now, I'm okay with the fact that I that I can walk. I'm thankful for that, um, and I know I, I have upcoming heart surgery, so I need to I need to keep that in mind um, within all of this as well. So yeah, do you think that a lot all the lessons that you've learned through your running journey and and getting ready to qualify for Boston and qualifying has helped you um, with your mindset? around this situation? What are some things that you've brought that you've learned into this situation? I think one of the biggest things is not to get too far ahead of myself. Um, I had no idea that this was going to happen. I would never even predicted that this would happen. When I tell people, they're like, are you kidding me? Because that's just, that, that just doesn't make sense. And so, so not getting too far ahead of myself, appreciating what's around me. Even in my marathons, um, my previous marathons, one of the things that, that I think that especially that last marathon taught me was to appreciate what was around me and what was going on. Because in, in the past, I was just tunnel vision and um, being able to kind of notice that, hey, that's a beautiful tree right there, or that that river right there is, is gorgeous. And to think that there's not another river like it, 
Um, so just being able to appreciate the, the moment, so to speak, within running, which is a challenging thing to do, um, would be one of the biggest things. Also my faith, um, that's been another big piece of this because there's a lot that I don't know right now and or, or understand um, about what's going on with my body. I feel like it's not necessarily mine right now, um, but, but marathons, the, my, my journey through marathons have taught me that if I do rely on my faith in God, that he has formed me. He knows me better than me. He knows me better than the doctors. Um, he can do anything. Um, and so recognizing that in this journey now is, is super important because it encourages me. It, it shows me that everything is going to be all right. Um, and, and making sure that I fill my head with that too. Um, I, with my walks right now, I am constantly listening to music that is going to uplift me. I was actually just recently, um, today I was listening to, to a song, um, that, that says disease has no place, sickness has no place, weariness has no place in your presence, God. Um, and I really loved that because that showed or that was saying that that God is stronger than my current illness. Um, and this illness feels pretty strong right now because it's impacting my energy. It's impacting so many different areas of my life. Um, but it has no place when God is present. And um, so that, that, that has been a big piece of um, my mindset now is making sure that I'm, I'm filling my head with those things. Because if, if I don't, then I'm gonna, I'm gonna go to the panic, I'm gonna go to the fear, I'm gonna go to the what ifs. Um, and that's the same thing with running. I, if you allow yourself in your mind to give up or go to that place of negativity, you're not going to finish the race. You have to run the mile you're in. Yeah, absolutely. That's really what I'm doing right now. So good. So good. Running the mile that you're in. I think that sums it up so nicely because I think it's true. We can sometimes get so blinders, like super future focused, and we forget to live in the present. And the present is what God gave us. And so... I think, and I've, I've been learning, I've been on a journey of that myself, just learning being present is so much more important than looking to the future. I mean, looking to the future is good, but dwelling there is not. We need to be where we are, right? And um, be in the mile that you're in because we take it circumstance by circumstance, day by day. And that's, that's what we have to do. And leaning into him and, um, and knowing that who is in control because we are not, we definitely are not in control and we can control what we can, which is our attitude and actions, but we, so many things are out of our control. Mm -hmm. um, you know, if you were to give listeners any piece of advice, um, I know many probably do struggle with body image or um, their own types of eating disorders, um, you know, just the struggles that they're in, what, what advice would you give to them? Set a goal and don't quit. Um, and, and recognize that even in the struggle, it doesn't mean, struggling doesn't mean that you're failing. Uh, it means that you're trying. Um, and there's something in that struggle that can teach you to overcome whatever part or piece of the journey that you're on. And then it doesn't have to look the way you ha have it in your head um, that sometimes we need to change or just kind of get a vague idea of what we want but but not necessarily predict what we think that's going to look like or what we need to do in order to accomplish it that's that was that was my error early on is I, I thought I'm going to be the one that I'm just going to set a goal and I'm going to accomplish it and and when I didn't do that it was discouraging. So I, I would say set a goal, a vague goal, but also recognize the things that you're learning in the moment and in that, in that period of time. Um, 
And then just recognizing who you're inspiring by not quitting. I know I mentioned that before, but the people at the gym that I, that I connect with, they say, you're an inspiration to me. And I said, you know, it's crazy because you inspire me because there are many days I don't feel like doing this either. Um, and I come because I know you're going to be here. Um, and I end up running, you know, X, Y, and Z because I have such great conversation and I, um, just been so inspired by other people. The inspiration goes both ways, even if you run a mile. Um, and so I guess I would say to, to those that, that, um, are, are kind of having this concept or dream of, of doing something like this is recognizing that the the segments of um, improvement that you make are inspiring people. You don't have to arrive at a marathon in order to inspire people. Um, so, I love it. That's awesome. And I think another thing that I think is really cool is that you didn't, you don't put your eggs all in one basket. Like your passion isn't just running and you realize that you, there's, there's more to life and you have other passions. And one of those passions is painting. And I just think that's so neat and that you've, you've been able to use it, right. To just kind of, um, offset your emotions or whatever is going on. Especially right now, um, with, um, my stroke recovery, I remember my speech therapist looking at me and saying, you know, I, I usually don't say this, but the best thing that you can do to regain some of that memory, concentration, focus, um, even fine motor skills is you need, you need to do your painting. So I, that's one of the things that I've been doing right now. And it, 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 um, really has helped me immensely, um, to be able to regain my strength again and recognize that I, that I have strength and I'm good at, good at those things. Um, and I can't run right now. Um, it gives me another healthy outlet that, um, allows me to feel accomplished. So. Yeah, that's so cool. I think that's so important for us to have a couple different places to go, especially because we never know how long we have, especially for like running, you know, it could be taken away from us in an instant, like that's you right. learned this summer. Um, yeah. And so having that something other than, you know, or maybe it is like family and just whatever it is, like hold, not holding dear to one thing, but being willing to have other outlets. Um, and I'm going to link in the show notes, I'm going to link your painting so that um, listeners can go look at it. I think that's so cool. Um, if somebody, if listeners want to follow along on your journey, where can they find you? Um, so I am available on Facebook. Um, and um, I have an Instagram page um, as well. Okay, awesome. And I will link those in the show notes so they're easy to find. Uh, Jennifer, this has been super fun. I'm so thankful that you are willing to be vulnerable on here and share your story. Um, I know it's not always easy to share our stories, but I just think it's such a blessing because other people, and this is why I love struggle victory stories is because it shows others that they're not alone. Like they're not just the only ones struggling. And if we, if we keep going, like you said in that quote where it's not just don't stay there, let's keep moving. We will get through it and have the victory. And I think that's really special. So thank you so much for being a part of this um, show today. Well, thank you for having me. It was a pleasure to speak with you today. Yes. And hopefully I will see you at 2021 Boston. <laughs> yes. That's the goal. Yes. Thank you so much. Holy smokes. What an interview. I really hope that you got a lot out of today. Uh, Jennifer just bared her soul with us, shared her story, and it is going to have such a ripple effect in so many lives. Um, all the struggle victory stories that she has and that she's continuing to have uh, as she's embracing the stroke that she had and recovering from that and learning how to deal with what has happened and man, just the impact that she will have. So as I said in the interview, I'm going to link her paintings so you can go take a look at that, that other outlet. Remember, it's so important for us to have different outlets and different places and hobbies and interests or whatever it is 
because there are going to be times in our lives when our passion may be taken away. And when we have another outlet that we can focus on, it will help us in that recovery or in that time to be able to have something to look forward to, to have something to uh, cope and to just bring hope in our lives. And I'm also going to link her GoFundMe page. A friend set this up um, to help aid in the medical costs and the different costs that have accumulated as she has had to be out of work and as her husband has had to help um, with the kids and uh, all the things that come with these big surgeries. And so if you are feeling led to give, uh, I'll have that link in the show notes for you. And I know it'll be much appreciated. As you are sitting down to Thanksgiving dinner this week, as you are just with your family and with your friends, I want you to make sure that you take a minute to reflect on all the goodness that God has for you and all the goodness that has come. I know that this year has been a crazy year for all of us. 2020 will be a year we'll never forget, but take that time to find the small blessings, to find the things that you can be grateful for in this year. And let's share them together. I would love for you to hop into the group, the Red Hot Winners community on Facebook and share a gratitude that you have. Share something that you got out of this podcast. I would love, love, love to hear anything that clicked, something that resonated with you as you heard Jennifer's story, because I know something did. Her story is so powerful. I know it's gonna have an impact. I hope that you felt blessed today and I will see you again soon. Dream huge and remember, you are a winner, just run your race. I believe in you. Thank you so much for joining me today. I had a great time and I hope you did too. Before we go though, make sure you subscribe to the podcast on your favorite listening platform if you haven't already. This will make sure you have access to all future episodes so you don't miss any of them. If you resonated with this episode, please consider leaving a review on iTunes or Spotify as reviews are an important part of growing this podcast and helping it reach the listeners who would love to add it to their library. If you have any friends or family who you think would enjoy this podcast, be sure to take a screenshot and share it with them. If you're not a part of the free Red Hot Winners online community, consider joining us. It's a community built to provide support, mindset, and encouragement as you go after your biggest goals. And we can continue today's conversation over there. Head on over to www.redhotmindset.com to check out the show notes and find the link to join the community. I hope you step into the fire with me each and every episode because I know you will come out stronger. That's all for now. Talk with you real soon. Bye winner.